There is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hi, welcome to Be You. If you're a first-time listener, thank you so much for checking us out. Know that you were called to this podcast for a reason. And thank you to whoever sent you to Be You Podcast. If you're someone who listens regularly, I'm so happy you're back with me. I am going into my 51st birthday. My birthday is actually tomorrow as I'm recording this. And, you know, as we talk about being ourself and excavating our real self and peeling the layers back and unlearning and shedding and healing and shining love where there's just been shame and fear and guilt and sadness and trauma and anger and resentment, gaining confidence to be the person We were designed to be before everything was covered up, before everything was clouded, before everything we were told becomes our story. The thing that's coming to me is that we also want to remember that that you, that me, that real us, part of that will never change because it's our highest self. And as we grow and unlearn and become and heal and excavate, etc., we will also change. We will grow. We will look different, walk different, talk differently, present differently, land differently. And it will change with the seasons. It will change with the years. Like the core never changes, but the rest of it will grow and evolve as we are willing to allow it to grow and evolve. So our creativity will blossom. Our window of tolerance, that will grow. We'll be able to hold more, meaning hold more love, hold more stress without being triggered, hold more pain without it swallowing us up, hold more abundance in all forms, money, health, relationships, love, pleasure. And we also might find ourselves being drawn to completely different hobbies, passions, people, topics, books, style. I'm watching myself without criticizing or analyzing, but watching myself being drawn to things I've never been drawn to. And I know it's this process that I just described and it's, it's beautiful. I'm just writing it, you know, flowing with it like the river instead of jumping out of the river and watching it and analyzing it, which is what I normally do. 
or trying to swim against the river, which is what I've always done, flowing with it. Sometimes it's a little scary. It's, it's, un, it's uncertain. It's, you know, sometimes the water is really rough. Sometimes it's just slow. Sometimes there's no movement and I'm just there. I'm noticing, for example, that I'm being drawn to, if you don't know me, style and interior design is a passion of mine that I've always had, but I've been afraid to say it out loud. I've never really expressed it. I have hidden it. And the more I have shed and become, et cetera, it's become much more pronounced, right? Because there's more room for it. And I'm drawn to colors I've never been drawn to before. I'm noticing a bit of a theme and it's so different for me. Like I love light and bright and I'm being drawn to more earthy type tones, which again, just has never been me. I've noticed that I've picked a few different wallpapers and ordered a blanket from anthropology, et cetera, that had mushrooms on them. Like why? Maybe one day I'm supposed to explore psychedelic mushrooms. I don't know. I'm noticing myself being drawn to darker colors, like black, more of a moody look. Now it could just be a style phase, but I know it's not for me. And again, remember when you tune into your intuition, your intuition knows her shit. It's never wrong. Like my intuition is telling me that it isn't just a style phase. It isn't just kind of what I'm into this season, which would be fine. It's actually my true self being expressed. It's me grounding into the earth. You know, I, I as I share some of the things I'm about to share, I thought, you know, I might lose some listeners. That's okay with me. Remember, I don't want you to be here if it doesn't feel aligned. I just don't. I don't need you to be here. You don't need to be here. I want you to be here if it feels aligned. I also want you to be here if it's a trigger, because remember, that's an invitation for growth and it's a mirror for you. And it might be a reflection that you need and you deserve. Some of the things that I'll share, the reason I I think, oh gosh, I wonder if I'll lose some listeners, is because I do find myself expanding spiritually, expanding you know, some people are very against or even afraid of, of talking about, you know, Mother Earth. I've seen a lot of writing um, from people who are more religious in the spiritual realm, and they think that there's something bad or wrong about that. And they get to think that. I have never been more grounded into Mother Earth. Recently, when I was on a retreat in Tulum, Mexico, I had the most profound experiences that I've hinted to you on past episodes. And I told you I would share some of them. Some of it I'm just not going to share, not because I don't want you to know, but because it's so just sacred. I I can't describe it in words because it won't make sense, but it also will sort of dirty it. It won't, it will be muddied. It will be unclear, but it also, it won't allow it to have the, the beauty that it had in the moment. You know how there are certain things you experience and you don't have your phone with you and then you're so glad you didn't because when you go back to social media, you're like, yeah, you had to be there. That's how a lot of this was for me. And let's say you you have a child. You show the pictures on Instagram or on Facebook, but no one really understands what really happened during that birth. It was like that. But I noticed when I was in Tulum, One of my mentors, teachers talked about feeling so grounded into the earth that you can like feel the roots of mother earth holding onto your feet. So you're so grounded, but yet you're not stuck. 
You can move and walk and flow through the world, but you're so tethered to the core and the heartbeat of Mother Earth. And that's how I feel. I get this sounds so weird to some of you. I get it. I get it. This is my truth. You know, remember this podcast is not called Be Her. It's called Be You. And I want you to be you and I'm going to be me. I will always be me. And some of it won't make sense to you. I hope you're willing to celebrate it. I hope you're willing to be happy for me that I'm being myself. And I hope it gives you permission and a reminder for you to do the same, even if it makes no sense to me whatsoever. So me being more grounded into Mother Earth, I believe that's why since Tulum, I've been so attracted to very earthy type things in my home, like actual like sticks and twigs in my home, (laughs) darker colors. I feel it so deeply. I'm looking right now at an altar I have in my office, and I have a picture of a very wise Mexican grandmother. And part of going to Tulum, I realized, wasn't just for me to connect with my ancestors. My mother is Mexican, and her parents and their parents and their parents are Mexican, and some were Spanish. And growing up, I I never was able to identify with that culture, I was this sort of, you know, mixed breed, but I was also being raised by the, what my mom would call the white side of our family. So my mother, for reasons that would take too long to explain, but because of her own trauma and her own extremely painful, so painful childhood and adolescence, when she met my father, who is quote unquote white, um, who was from the Midwest in Indiana, and she came to the Midwest with him, she left her culture behind. I would only hear of her culture when I was being called Taco's kid by the neighbors, when we would laugh about my mom being Taco or Mexican, or I would hear wet back and horrible derogatory terms, which she would just laugh off. I would only hear it when people would comment on how dark we would get in the summertime, even though we're so white. I would only hear it when my mother would speak on the phone to her relatives, when my grandmother would visit with her heavy, heavy, heavy accent. And um, she would make tortillas for all of our friends and for the neighbors and for anyone working in the neighborhood. (laughs) Those are the only times I felt connected to that culture. When I was in Tulum, I, I knew I was there to connect with that and connect with my ancestors. I knew that already going in. I knew that I meant to remember Spanish. I used to be fluent in Spanish. I cannot speak Spanish now, hardly at all. I can understand, I would guess, how can you really measure? But I think I can understand about like 80% of Spanish, depending on the dialect, depending on the speed, depending on the jargon or the slang, but about 80%. While I was in Mexico, it quickly came back and I think I've got up to like 90 to 92%, let's say still not able to speak out of being feeling guarded, et cetera. I knew all that. While I was in Mexico and afterwards, I realized it's so much deeper than that. I realized that I was there to help heal generational trauma. And uh, many of you know this, some of you don't, believe it or not, let it wash over if it doesn't make sense to you. I believe what I've been taught by my teachers, healers, and mentors, which is a widely held belief in many, many, many cultures, in many different religions, that when we heal our own wounds, it actually goes seven generations back. And I think seven generations ahead as well. I I don't quote me on that. And I'm like, how can that happen? How is that possible? It is possible. 
During breathwork sessions, I felt my ancestors, the person doing the breathwork facilitating, sensed and saw my ancestors gathering at my back. And one experience I had that I will share is that she took this very powerful feather of hers and she put it on my back. And I heard in this state, altered state of consciousness, if you've never done breathwork, you really do go into an altered state of consciousness. And I heard corto, corto. I heard, I heard that over and over again, cut, cut. And I told her afterwards that I heard that. She said, I said, I heard you say that. She said, Jill, I didn't say that. I said, I heard you loud and clear. She said, I didn't say that. I said, what did you say? She said, I said, nothing. I had the feather at your back and I saw your ancestors holding you on your back. And I realized they were saying that I was cutting the ties, cutting the pattern, cutting the generational trauma, cutting what some would call generational curses that have been passed on through so many generations that already have gone down to my children or have not yet. If they've already gone to my children, they won't go further. If they have not gone to my children, they stop at me. And one of the reasons you see me and others doing so much healing work isn't because we think that we are bad and wrong and we need to be fixed. It isn't because, at least for me, some people do, and I have in the past, but it's not because I'm addicted to the process of, of healing that I don't want to really be involved in life. And so I'm going to distract myself. I'm doing the work that I'm doing because I know for sure that it is healing generations to come and healing ancestral pain and patterns that go generations ahead of me. And I love that I'm doing this. So remember the healing work isn't just about you. It's about your children's 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 children. And your ancestors are saying, thank you so much. Thank you for being the one who says that you are going to stop that pattern because someone has to say stop. You can't just ask and assume that God is going to do that. You and I have to be a co-creator with God. We have to be the one that says, no more. I'm willing to go through the pain because feeling is healing and it doesn't feel good. I'm willing to do the breath work over and over. I'm willing to do the, the anger release and the rage release. I'm willing to do whatever I need to do to get this out of me and to heal these patterns. At whatever pace you're willing to do it, at whatever time you're willing to do it. But as I was on that retreat and I experienced the breath work and the connection with my ancestors and the connection with the culture that I've craved my whole life on my mother's side, I felt so connected to the Mexican people, yet it was hard because I didn't look like them. What's interesting is after I left Mexico, guess what? Every single Mexican person spoke to me in Spanish. I was in the airport next to another family. They weren't blonde hair, blue eyed. As I'm not, I have dark brown hair. I wouldn't even say I have olive skin. I have very light skin that, that tans very easily and brown eyes. But when I walked up to them, they immediately assumed I was Mexican or that I spoke Spanish. I believe that's because of the shift that happened in me while I was in Tulum. The connection that I was willing to welcome and, and bond with of that culture. So as you and I are finding who we really are, we'll see little signs of the growth in something as superficial as the colors we're drawn to in our home. 
the books we're drawn to, the podcasts we're drawn to. A few things I'll share with you because some of you are just interested, right? I know you'll be interested in what it was like to go on a retreat like that. Who flies to Mexico alone and goes on a retreat with just four other women they've never met from all over the world and who invests that kind of money and that kind of time? Who does that and why? I did it because my intuition told me to do it. And I believe my intuition is God speaking to me directly to me. And I never doubt my intuition. I will never, ever, ever, ever go against my intuition. I have many times in the past and it didn't turn out so well. And so when I was in Mexico, I had experiences that I know some people would never be willing to experience and that's okay. I pushed myself beyond some of my edges or up to my edges. I was so uncomfortable traveling there alone. I was so uncomfortable. I stayed in a room that was not close to the other women. And I wanted the beachfront room because I actually was the person who had the idea for the retreat. Sigrid, the host, was doing this in Bali. She's doing this many other places. She was coaching me at the time. And I said, you know, Sigrid, I would love it if you would come closer to me and do this. I see myself at a retreat. In fact, I had a dream and I was there and I was being painted with something. And she said, Jill, I've been thinking of this as well and it's going to be in Mexico. And she said, it's crazy that you picture that because guess what? One of the things we're going to do is Mayan clay. And I said, I picture it being so restorative and gentle and feminine and very connected to my my heritage. And she said, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I've been feeling the same thing. So because I basically said this to her, she said, we're doing it. So as a thank you, she said to me, you get to register first and you get the best room. And so I registered and got that beachfront room, not knowing that was an initiation of itself. That was an initiation for me. I have some things in my past that make me afraid to be alone, especially at night, especially when there could be men around, men I don't know. And every night I was walking by myself from where we were. And it was very safe there, but it was very uncomfortable for me. In fact, kind of scary. I didn't like the way it felt. I never had my phone with me. And I was walking over to my room in a different area outside. So I had to go down the beach, up past all these trees, lots of dark hidden places, lots of places someone could hide, up a few flights to the room by myself. Nothing was very well lit. I hated the heat. I mean, hated the heat. I hated the humidity. I didn't like the way it felt. I was so uncomfortable. I wanted to cry. I wanted to leave. I didn't like it. I wanted to be home with my family, with my husband, in my familiar surroundings. But I knew that this was an initiation that called to me. I knew that I was meant to do this. So I pushed myself and I pushed myself and I stretched myself so far. I had a beautiful breathwork experience as I shared other experiences. I had one where we went to something called a cenote and we swam in waters that were infested with alligators. And I was terrified. And all the other women were so helpful. None of them were scared, just me. Of course, we did a lot before we entered that water. We, you know, did some rituals with an indigenous, very wise elder uh, called grandmother. She's not, it's not a literal term, grandmother, Shakinda. And it was probably 45 minutes of praying and asking for permission to enter those waters, asking for safety. 
and trusting. And they were all in and I, I, I knew I would regret not going in the water, but it was so terrifying, so scary. My God, I was terrified. It was dark water like a, like a lake. And I knew he told us there were alligators. There was a jaguar that walked right by us, behind us. And it was preserved like wild territory that tourists cannot enter. Finally, I said, I'm ready. And our wonderful guide, he was so, so kind. He was a professional free diver. And um, Shakinda held my hands as I entered the water. I could barely breathe. I swam out to these other women who were so welcoming and so supportive. And they held space for me and they said, you can do it. And I swam out to them and they made me feel so safe. Jody, in particular, if you're listening, you were an angel to me. Jody said, I'm a little scared too. It's okay. We can do this, Joe. I've got you. She held my hand in the water. She stared into my eyes and she kept saying, you're safe. I've got you. You're good. You can do this. You're powerful. Oh my God, it was scary. I can feel it right now in my body. And they stayed out and then I swam back in. Then I had the courage to put the snorkel mask on. And all I was willing to do was look under the water one time. And oh my goodness, it was beautiful. It was like a gold color. It was like a mysterious color I've never seen in my life. Another experience I had was full on channeling. I've had that experience Many times, uh, many times when I podcast, I will have experiences where I don't know what I'm saying and spirit will speak through me. Whatever word you want to use, use that word. I'll say spirit speaks through me. I'm not special. This is for everybody. It probably happens to you very often, but you don't realize it. Or it's happening with someone else, a stranger you meet in a cafe, in line at a grocery store, and they say something to you and you walk away and go, hmm. If you're plugged in and you tuned in many times, it will be an angel or it's spirit using a person to give you a message. So sometimes those downloads or the the channeling will happen while I'm podcasting. I used to notice it when I would write. I've had a few other experiences when I was in a red tent for my 50th birthday. And many times when I hear like drumming, um, when I'm doing my crystal bowls or right before when I pray, I'll actually have an experience where my head slumps down and goes down to my chest. And I find myself almost sleeping while I'm awake, lots of deep breathing. And then I lift my head and I'm wide awake, fully conscious. But that's when the channeling starts. And I used to have this fear of like, what if I'm praying to the wrong thing? What if it's like a bad thing? I don't have that fear anymore because I know what the filter is. The filter is love. The filter is God. I call on my angels and on Jesus and I I feel so safe. So I'm sharing this as I go into this next quick story of when I was on the retreat, that it was, I would say, one of the most profound experiences of my entire life. I had never felt this before. It's never happened to this level, the channeling, never to this level. We were dancing every single day. I didn't want to. I was fucking hot. I hate being hot, by the way. It was hot and sweaty. Sweaty is everything. Couldn't take it. Didn't like it. Had to keep pushing myself. And it's like 7 a.m. Like, here we go. Dancing again. And we're dancing and we're dancing and we're dancing and we're dancing. And then it was 
Okay, so now one of you goes in the, in the middle of a circle and you dance and everyone else follows you. It was uncomfortable. I was willing to get uncomfortable. I felt so safe with these women. Secret was the most amazing space holder and guide. And that's when it happened. I don't remember which day of the retreat, but after we kept dancing and dancing, she'd have us tune into our body and we would hear a word. And the word that came to me first was stay because I wanted to leave. Another word that came to me was seek. So one was seek, one was stay, one was power. The last word that came to me was actually in Spanish. It was amor as we were looking into the roses after a rose ceremony. But anyway, in this experience of dance, so beautiful watching these women express themselves and just just let themselves move to the music without thoughts. And when it was my turn, she asked me to say, dance your word. What does stay look like? And I did that. And I thought I was done. I'm like, yeah, I did it. And then she called on me again. And something took over my body. I was moving and all of a sudden I opened my eyes and I walked over to each woman very slowly. And I'm telling you, I was not moving my hands. I was not moving my body. Something else was, and it was a force of love, unconditional love. It's so hard to describe, and I don't want to, I don't want to like take away from the beauty of it by trying to put it into words. But I do want you to hear this. Because if this is possible for me, and maybe you've experienced it before, it's possible for you. The connection that I felt between myself and this woman I had only met a few days before, each woman, was a deep, deep, deep connection beyond like sisterhood. It was a deep love and reverence. I was seeing them the way God sees them. There was a different message for each one of them. One of them, I walked over and I planted a seed in her belly and I held my belly and made the gesture of being pregnant. And I found out later that she's ready to be a mother. Another woman, I saw her as a wise elder and I bowed down to her. Another woman, I saw her as a little girl. I patted my head as if I were patting her head saying, you're a good girl, it's okay. You're loved and you're safe. It's all okay. For Gina, another one of the participants, I remember looking at her and I started blowing my wisdom as someone who's 20 some years older than her, blowing my wisdom into her. She's such a wise woman, but it was about my wisdom of years walking into the crone phase. And I felt myself as a Native American, like a high priestess of sorts. And I was blowing into her, like straight into her mouth. And she said she knew what I was doing. And then it came time to Look at our guide, our mentor, Sigrid, the hostess of this amazing retreat, who I looked up to so much and I still do, but it was different then. I used to look at her as if she was like levels above me. She wouldn't want me to see her that way, but that's how I saw her. Now I see her as an equal. I have reverence for her journey and reverence for the work she's done and her gifts, and I'm her equal. I looked at her and I pounded my chest as if to say, and the word kept coming to me, warrior, warrior, warrior. And I made a sign of strength and I looked at her like, 
We are equals. I see the warrior in you because I am a warrior and I see the warrior in myself and I'm just as powerful. And I knew that she knew exactly what I was saying. And there were no words, by the way. It was one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had. I was saying, I don't know what happened. But yet I, I knew down deep what actually happened. I was afraid to claim it. I was afraid to say it. The entire retreat, what God was saying to me, which is what has he's been saying to me for a while now, is it's time to step into the sage. It's time to step into this crone phase. It's time for you to be the medicine woman. It's time for you to be the spirit guide and not just talk to your spirit guide. It's time for you to step into healer. It's time for you to own these gifts and to own the reason you keep peeling yourself apart and doing all of this is so you can teach others and heal others. It's okay for you to own and believe that you were chosen for this. This is why you feel weird. This is why you feel different because you are different. You're no better. You're different though. This is why you feel so deeply. This is why you can see things. This is why you can look at a child and you, you know their story. This is why you say things to people and they say, how did you know that? This is why you have dreams that end up becoming true. There's no more time for you to be afraid and to dismiss this. The time is now. And I kept hearing different messages of that and signs of that the entire retreat and the retreat I did before that in Austin, Texas with Christine Hassler. So many different visions and signs. And the question was, are you ready? The name of the retreat was, I am her. And I kept saying, I am her. The very end, the message was, I am her, Soya Miki. I am, and that's a spiritual name that was given to me. So as I am fully stepping into myself tomorrow for my 51st birthday, Some people will accept, some people won't, many won't understand, no one needs to. There's no more time for you and I to not be our real self. There's not enough time for us to keep avoiding who we are meant to be in this world. There's not enough time left for us to judge ourselves and critique ourselves, and edit ourselves, and sit down and shut up. There's no more time for us to conform and worry about what other people are thinking about how we live our life. There's just no more time for that. There's no more time for that. It's time to fully step into who you are, knowing that you will learn day in and day out more and more who that actually is. But every day, just saying, show me who I really am. I'm ready to walk into the world as her every moment of this day, even if it doesn't make sense. I'm ready to own my birthright. I'm ready to really live the truth, which is that nothing outside of me matters. I can't be any more anything by looking outside of me. I won't be more worthy. I won't be better. I won't be anything. I have to first claim that in myself claim my own sovereignty in my own self and then everything else will be a reflection of that. You are her. I am her. We are her. So the question is, are you ready to receive those messages? What's keeping you from really unpacking and peeling away those layers? I hope I'm one of the many people who will guide you on that journey. 
and I may not know you, but I love you so much. And I'm holding the vision for you. 